Losing a loved one is hard enough, but I cannot imagine how hard it would be to lose everything about them. Families tried to follow through with their loved one's wishes and donate the bodies of their loved ones to science. Only being able to take a small amount of ash home because that is what they wanted. But the FBI came knocking on their doors and they realized fairly quickly the bodies did not go where they were promised and the ashes they had were likely not even their loved ones. Hey guys, and welcome back to my podcast. I'm your host, Lulu, and it's great to talk to everybody again. I ordered some fun things this week. Um, I ordered a Cricut and a heat press because I have plans on, you know, making some stuff for at least just me to wear for when we start YouTube, but like some merch and stuff for me to wear. I want to make some like pillows and things like that. So that's exciting. That should be here any day. I know there's other things you can do than a Cricut, but that's just kind of like what I've always known. So anyways, I'll probably be posting those on my Instagram as soon as I start that project. Um, so just so you know, if you don't follow me on there and you're interested in seeing that, you know, you can follow my Instagram. I'll let you know, you know, when I do actually get the cricket and when I actually start the project. But yeah, that's pretty exciting. This week's been crazy busy for me, so I'm actually recording this the day that I go live. So it is being recorded in the middle of the day. Um, my daughter's playing on her iPad behind me while I record, and my son is attempting to lay down for a nap, but he is not asleep yet. So if you hear some little babbles and, you know, him, that's, that's what it's from. I'm going to try to record around him if he's still awake, but just so you know. But that's kind of all I have for you, just a short, sweet update, and that's going to let us go into today's upload. Now, today's upload is going to be a little bit different. This is not just like a murder or like our normal Sunday uploads, but it doesn't quite fit into our Friday uploads. The reason why we are covering it today is one, because we are in our Fright Fest. So this is episode five, I believe. I think I got last episode mixed up and called it episode three, but it was actually episode four. Um, either way, this is, you know, our next episode in Fright Fest. So things are going to be a little more Halloween-y, you know, type of feeling. And that's why we're covering the human chop shop. So the person who is responsible did not actually kill any of the people who were victimized by the human chop shop. And that's where things are a little bit different. Normally we cover somebody who murders somebody and, you know, chops them up or something like that. Today is different, but I do still deem the person who ran this chop shop as an evil entity because he really he didn't have any care about these bodies. He disregarded family wishes and he was really just using the death of loved ones, you know, as, as a way to capitalize and to make a lot of money and, you know, make a quick buck on the human body trade. Our story starts with a man named Jim Stoffer. Jim was suffering with losing his mother through Alzheimer's disease. Now, Alzheimer is a disease that causes memories to begin to disappear until all you are left with is a confused adult who can't even remember their own name sometimes. Um, I did have a grandfather that went through this when I was little. I don't remember much about him because my mom didn't want us to witness him losing his memory, 
So he eventually went into a home because she couldn't take care of him anymore. I do remember he used to leave the house to walk to like Walmart and he would end up up the canyon somewhere completely in the opposite direction of Walmart. So it's, I remember those kind of things. And I remember some of the heartbreaking stories my mom used to share with us about him when we got older. One of the bigger stories that I remember, and it's a great example of what Alzheimer's disease can do to you, is she used to tell us that he had a photo of him and his late wife who had passed away probably five or six years prior. I don't remember exactly. And he used to look at this photo and tell my mother, who he didn't remember, he used to call my mother his angel, because he couldn't remember who she was, but he did remember that she came and visited him almost every single day, that the woman in the photo next to him was beautiful. She was perfect, and this is when they were young, when they first met, and he would tell her that he regretted not spending the rest of his life with her, not remembering that he literally did spend the rest of his life with her, and they got married and had children and fell in love. My grandfather eventually died because he was walking on a treadmill one day and suddenly forgot what he was doing. His Alzheimer's had gotten that bad. This caused him to stop walking, and he ended up falling off of the treadmill and hitting his head. This would end up killing him, unfortunately. But that's a great example of what Alzheimer's disease can do to you. You literally can forget your whole entire life and you can end up forgetting something you are actively doing and die. Not necessarily from the disease itself, but the disease can cause you to die from something. I know we don't know a ton about Alzheimer's disease and, you know, why it happens. We do believe that it can be passed down in family. So if somebody in your family has it, you're more likely to get it yourself. And once his mother, that we talked about earlier, had passed away, he decided, because we didn't know a ton about Alzheimer's disease, that he wanted to donate her body in an attempt to further the scientific studies. He would do quite a bit of research to try to find the right place that could send his mother's body somewhere, and that is when he would discover a place called a biological research center. I that's all that I could see that it was like called biological research center. I'm not sure if he had like a special name or what, but that's all that I could see in my research what they called it. Sorry, my son decided to bang some toys in the other room. Like I said, he discovered this place and they offered to donate her body to science and they would literally take care of everything. They would pick her body up for free. On top of that, they also told him that they would give him ashes. All of this was free of charge. Now, when something sounds too good to be true, it normally is. But this sounded like a great idea, a great option. And her son would happily sign over his mother's body to help with the research. This research center, the Biological Research Center, was run by a man named Stefan Gore. Within 10 days... Jim would receive a small box that contained his mother's ashes. He was under the impression that these were all of her ashes and that they had cremated her entire body and sent her over after the research was done. But in reality, he comes to find out later that it was only the ashes of her hand that they ended up cutting off and cremating for him before they would end up selling her body. Now, one day, the FBI came knocking on Jim's door. They would inform him that the place that he donated his mother's body to was under investigation for illegal selling of body parts. They would also inform him that his mother was also a part of this illegal selling of body parts. And they told him that they had discovered her body 
was sold to the army for experiments. She was actually used as a test dummy in an IED blast. They then informed him that his mother was strapped to a chair and they detonated the blast underneath her so that they could see what would happen to a human body if they were in a vehicle when they were hit with the blast. They also told him that the ashes that he owned were not of her entire body and were just of her hand. This would cause him to look a little bit further into this biological home that he donated her body to, and he discovered that there were more than 20 other lawsuits actively against the place, and he decided at this point he was going to join in. At least he received actual ashes from his mother. It is heartbreaking that it was only her hand, but as he started this lawsuit against them as well, he would discover that a lot of other people would bring up how they received a box that held ashes of their loved ones, or what they believed were ashes of their loved ones, and when the FBI came to their door to inform them of what had actually happened to their loved ones, they would tell them that the whole entire bodies were either still at the chop shop, pending to be sold, or had went somewhere else and basically been destroyed. Now here's when things get even worse. The authorities at this point decided to investigate, and they would go into this chop shop. This is when they would discover multiple freezers. These freezers were filled to the brim with feet, shoulders, legs, spines. They even had heads sitting in buckets. There were multiple coolers that were full of genitals. And these weren't like nicely lined up and tagged. These body parts were half-heartedly thrown in, stacked on top of each other, and unmarked because the owner just didn't care. If the amount of chopped up body parts that were half-heartedly stored wasn't enough, they also came across what they called a Frankenstein body. This was the torso of a man who had had his head removed, and they had sewed on the head of a small woman. The head of this woman was also infected with a disease that should have been destroyed right away. I am not sure what this head was infected with. All I saw was that it was an infected female's head that was sewn onto this body of a man. Neither of them were properly identified either. They had to count up all of the human remains that they had found in this chop shop, and they had found over 10 tons of human remains, a total of 281 heads, 337 legs, and 97 spines. We couldn't find how many genitals they found or any of the other body parts. Those were the only numbers that I could find. To give you a little bit of an idea on what some of this would charge somebody to buy on the black market, because I did see that he was black market selling, a full body of a person can run for over $5,000. If you didn't want a full body and just a body that had no shoulders or head, it would be $2,900, and if you only wanted a spine, it would be $950 by itself. At this point, they had enough evidence to charge this human chop shop for a multitude of things. They were charging him for deceiving his customers. This is because he would inform them that they would be donating their bodies to science, but he would do this in a misleading way, making it sound like he would take the bodies to the end of the earth to put it exactly where the person wanted to be. For example, the mother who died from Alzheimer's, he made it sound like he was donating it to somebody who would look at her brain and study about Alzheimer's disease. 
that this would all be made up. And once the papers were signed and handed over, and he had custody, basically, of these bodies, he would do whatever he wanted with them. They would also charge him with selling infected body parts. Now, it is not illegal to sell body parts, especially if somebody signs the rights over so you can have whatever you want to do with these bodies. What is illegal is selling an infected body part. Infected body parts come from people who died of things like pneumonia or something like that and didn't just die of old age or anything like that. And they had discovered infected body parts mixed in with clean body parts being sold off. Now, during the trial that lasted five years, his lawyers would inform the courts that the families had signed a consensual agreement that stated that the bodies could be discarded by him and that it never stated in the agreement that the bodies would be treated with dignity and respect. And because they had signed a consensual agreement, it was fully legal. Also, technically he did send their bodies off to science, even if it wasn't in the way that the families thought it would be, and that was not his fault. But, even though they had signed this consensual agreement, it is not illegal to sell body parts. What is illegal is deceiving the family into thinking one thing was going to happen with the body of their loved ones, and then doing something completely different. At some points, they could even prove that he had disregarded the wishes of the people donating their loved ones' bodies. There was a man who was a military veteran that was being donated. The family decided to check the no box for sending him off to any military or traffic experience because he didn't want to be part of anything else after he had died. Now, the human chop shop completely disregarded this. And even though they had checked no to him being sent off to anything like that, they would disregard this and send him to a defense department experiment. Now, it also came out that this is not the only reason the company had become suspicious. They decided to look into the company when a body broker had been attempting to cross into Canada. This body broker would be stopped and searched for one reason or another, and they would discover that he was trying to bring in a lot of severed heads. Some of these severed heads were easily traced back to the human chop shop that was selling these bodies, and they had become suspicious, but not enough to really look into it. Then, just a year after this incident, a warehouse in Detroit would have two coolers begin to leak what looked like blood all over the floor. The workers would panic and not want to open this themselves, so they would call the authorities in. Once the authorities came in, they would open these coolers up and discover a multitude of severed heads that were being kept in a trash bag that were now all floating in blood that was coming from the heads. During further investigation, they also discovered one of these people in this cooler had died from pneumonia, which would be considered an infected head and should not have been being sold. On top of this, the heads were not being packaged correctly if being sold to the right place, and they were now leaking blood and who else knows what all over this warehouse. They would then search through everything there that were marked with the same address, and this was going to another body broker. In all of these containers that they would open, they found more heads, and they would eventually discover 15 human heads wrapped in trash bags sitting in their warehouse, being shipped to a body broker. 
And that is really how the whole process started, because they now had an infected head and 15 heads that were not being shipped properly. That is when they would discover what he was holding in his chop shop and the lies that he had told the families about what he was doing with their loved ones' bodies. Now, Stefan would claim this was an accident. He would inform the courts that he got sick and tired of being a lawyer, and when he decided to move on to do something else with his life, he started to look into the human body trade. He claimed that he did all of his research himself over the internet and reading books, and that he had no idea what he was doing was illegal and wrong, and he had no idea the way he was doing it was illegal and wrong. They would also come out and ask him if he had any sort of licensing to sell these body parts, in which he would tell them that he did not. Basically, Stefan was illegally selling body parts without a license, in a very illegal way, and was treating these bodies with absolutely no respect. In the end, he was found guilty in 10 of the cases. I believe there was close to 20 cases, but 10 of the people did not want to show up and testify about their loved ones. Now, it's very clear that Stefan had done this to more than 20 people with the amount of body parts that he had in his chop shop. They eventually sentenced Stefan to one year of deferred jail time, four years of probation from selling the infected body parts, and a fine of $121,000, and they officially shut his business down. Losing a loved one is hard enough, but I cannot imagine putting your trust into somebody just to find out otherwise. The families that have ashes that they thought were their loved ones are possibly holding other people's loved ones, or worse, something like concrete. This has happened before in cases where they will sell the bodies and mix concrete in with random human remains and send them to the people whose bodies they sold off. It is horrific how some people will treat the deceased like they are nothing more than something they should profit off of. Just because they are no longer walking on our plane does not mean we shouldn't treat their bodies with respect and dignity. There may be false or misleading information throughout this podcast. All facts have been researched to the best of my abilities, but accidents do happen. If this is a story you are interested in knowing more about, I highly recommend doing your own research. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.